Tipsy girls tell their friends terrible stories, all while forcing them to drink and listen along. I'm Avery, and I'm Sorella, and we are back after a long break. Feels like like a week. Well, it feels longer. It was a a New Year's break. 2020 (laughs) going real slow. Avery goes, "I haven't seen you since last year," and I was like, "Shut up." (laughs) Um, personal news wise, I got a new job. So, uh, like an hour ago, literally, like yeah, hour two hours ago. So instead of a cocktail, we are going to drink champagne that I got for my engagement party. <laughs> to celebrate. Yep. And now listen to Avery as she tries to argue with me about how to... Oh, that is not how you do it. Hold on. Avery, it's going to... I'm nervous. I'm You're nervous. supposed to put the... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it works. Maybe you're right. That one was... came out real easy. I don't think... This might be spoiled. Oh, my gosh. It's fine. I always thought um, you put the towel over it. I have a champagne towel, but I'm still not 100% sure how to use it. Look at it. We'll look at a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later yeah. or something. Okay, we're pouring. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, this is not, uh, this is a visual yeah, this is part right. of the podcast right now. Imagine <laughs> us pouring champagne into these fancy champagne glasses. Yeah, shout out to one of my bridesmaids, Mara, for getting me these. They're beautiful, but I'm terrified to use them. <laughs> I know. When you told me how much they were, I was like, oh. Yeah, and there's only like two yeah. in this. You should see the quality of the box alone. It's terrifying. I was like, do you have the right solo? <laughs> okay, so today our topic is... Lacey Peterson, which... Yes, you do. I sent you... Did you... Is this why you didn't react to the meme I sent you of Lacey Peterson? Oh, 100%. You didn't know who it was? No. All right, well, you'll know when I start talk, telling you about it. I'll okay. post the meme on our okay. Instagram because I thought it was quality. Um, um, obviously, we're missing a guest. We thought that we'd start 2020 off with... Just us girls. Just just the original crew. Yeah. So, um, you want to take us away? Yes. You, Lacey Peterson sounds like Lacey Chambert. Chambert? Now I don't know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> She's, she was Gretchen Wieners. Uh, is that her real name? Lacey Chabert, yeah. And she's in Hall, or, uh, all these Hallmark movies. Oh, is that what she does now? Oh, yeah, obviously. She was in Mean Girls and, uh, like, a supporting role. Wow. I mean, good for her. Oh, good Prosecco. All right. So, Lacey Peterson. I guess I should maybe tell you a little before I get into it. Yeah. So you'll, like, jog your memory on who it is. Yeah. Take your mind back to 2002. Okay, I was... Nine years old. Yeah. Um, she was the pregnant lady that went missing, and they couldn't find her body for, like, uh, four months oh. or something. Spoiler alert. So she, she died. Yeah. Okay, see, I don't remember that. Okay, maybe I'll just start reading. Was this also the same time that Elizabeth Smart went missing? Oh, I don't know when Elizabeth Smart went missing. Because I no, was, that was all like, on board for Elizabeth Smart. Really? Yeah. That was like, I think that was later. Yeah, I also wasn't allowed to watch TV as a child. Not I mean, I news? was. No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I I had to go down into like the basement to watch the news in the early morn. Oh. No, this was like big time. Like almost, I'm not going to say OJ levels, but like. That seems wrong. Casey Anthony levels. Oh, okay. Okay. Jody Arias. Yeah. Okay. So, December 24th, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Also, in the last episode, I was like, I couldn't think of another Christmas story except for 
John Benet Ramsey, and then she was gonna try and fuck around and do John <laughs> Benet without me. I t- I said I was like I can't. Do if she this. she said this walking out of my house after we had recorded the other one, she's like, by the way, next week I'm gonna do I'm gonna do John Benet, and I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> Merry Christmas, but you you do Goodbye. John Benet, you die. <laughs> so I was like trying to find another Christmas one, I couldn't, and then I was like, I watched this um, documentary on Hulu. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was a documentary. It was a documentary mm-hmm. about Lacey Peterson, like just in my free time, you know. And they were like, just Christmas Eve. And I was like, fuck! <laughs> Should have watched it before Christmas. I know. I was like pissed. Anyway, okay. Christmas Eve, 2002. Scott and Lacey Peterson, they're married. They wake up in their Modesto, California home. They eat breakfast. They're watching TV, whatever. Scott goes fishing. Christmas Eve. Weird. Yeah. Um,. And so Lacey's like, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. So she goes to this, like, nearby park. How pregnant is she? Eight months. Oh, wow. Okay. Big pregnant. Um, she, like, so th- she goes to take the dog for a walk. Then the dog shows up back at the house still wearing the leash. No Lacey. So, like, oh. yeah. The dog, like, found its way home and was, like, That's wandering so around. Oh, wait. Did I tell you the story about when... Um... Juno, my parents have a dog that's like a hundred pounds of just white fluff, mm-hmm. and she's just very silent. And when they're here for the engagement party, Juno opened the back door and opened the screen door. What? <laughs> and her and James, my cat, escaped together. Oh my god! It's like it was like homeward bound. <laughs> I know. They escaped together, and Callan was like, "Hey, do you know the back door is open?" My sister and I was like, "Um, no." And we got look outside, and there's a bus, a party bus in front of us that's like, I guess my neighbors are going to the Chiefs game. And Juno is getting on the bus. <gasps> so I'm like, to go Juno! I'm like, Juno, Juno! And of course, she's running away from me because she thinks I'm kidding. But then also, we couldn't find James. Oh my God. And you know how I get when James is gone. I do know. And um, anyway, we found him. It was snowing. He was terrified. So he was like maybe four feet from the door. So has he learned his lesson? No, absolutely no. not. That cat never learns anything. So that's what the dog does. Comes yeah, back. it comes right back. Yeah. So then 5.47 p.m., Lacey's stepdad, Ron, calls police to report her missing. He tells the dispatcher that – he tells her the story about the park. He's like, she went to the park. She didn't come back. Blah, blah, blah. blah. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Then he says that her husband, Scott, is on his way to the park to look for her. So, Lacey, she was born in 75. She, like, attended this, like, California Polytechnic State University. She majored in ornamental horticulture. And this is where she meets Scott, is at this college. So, they were both students there. And he was, like, a waiter at this restaurant. And, her like, she knew someone who worked at the restaurant, too. Okay. And so, she's, like, this guy's cute. Yeah. Leaves her number for him. He thought it was like a joke. Throws it away. A few days later, she comes back. I was like, why didn't you call me? Like, she's that type of girl. She's very, like, outgoing, stands up for herself. Like, everybody loved her, of course. So, um, pretty much immediately after meeting him, she tells her mom, I'm going to marry this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, it was one of those. And... So they begin dating. He took her deep sea fishing on their first date. She got seasick. That sounds like an awful first date to yeah. me. Yeah. First of all, fishing. Sometimes when I watch like 
below deck or like any kind of show that happens on a boat, I get seasick. So I can't imagine actually being My dad took me deep sea fishing once, like when we were in Florida on vacation. Mm -hmm. Me, my best friend, and my mom all ended up in the middle of the cabin because it's the one that rocks less. Because like if you're on the edge, you're going like this. Right. And so we both ended up, all three of us ended up there going like our heads in our hands, practically throwing up. And my dad was taking pictures of us. That's funny. So I'm like never deep sea. I don't, I don't eat meat. Yeah. Okay. So they go deep sea fishing. So, they get serious. Scott wanted to be a professional golfer. Right. He puts that aside to focus on, like, actual business. Being. Yeah. Like, something more realistic. Yeah. So, they date for two years, move in together. Lacey's mom says when she met him, he she was, like, super impressed by him. Um, they, like, went to dinner, and he had, like, a dozen roses for Lacey, a dozen roses for the mom. Like, she said he was charming and a gentleman, whatever. I can imagine. <laughs> this is also the 90s. Like, yeah. That's like, yeah. I guess. But I would be like, why did you just spend 60 bucks on flowers? Flowers, yeah. So while Scott is finishing his senior year in school, Lacey takes like this job nearby. Um, and it's around this time that he engages in one of his at least two extramarital affairs. I guess it. So, extramarital he did. so he did. Mar- so he murdered her. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not married yet, but like affair. Yeah, but, like, it's always the husband. 100%. And this is, like, the epitome of it's the husband. Yeah. They're, okay, we'll get into it. So, after graduation, the couple, they get married. He gets, like, his um, Bachelor of Science degree in Agricultural Business, blah, blah, blah. So, they then open a sports bar. Classic. In San Luis Obispo, called The Shack. Um... And then I just want I I might make a jump here, but if your husband wants to own a sports bar that's in a strip mall, he will cheat on you. Just absolutely oh from every bar rescue I've seen. Yes, he he did it. Yeah, he 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 opened it with his wife, and now they're divorced. And there's videos of him hooking up with people, or like making out, or flirting with women at the bar oh, for yeah. a bar rescue. Yeah, so they opened the bar. Then, um, like, business was slow, but it improved, blah, blah, blah. They sold it in 2000, and they moved to Lacey's hometown of Modesto, Modesto, California, and they were like, we're going to start a family, blah, blah, blah. So they, in October of 2000, they purchased a three-bedroom, two-bath bungalow house for $177,000, which in California, I feel like even in 2000, is pretty good, right? Modesto's pretty, um... Rural. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was, like, I knew it was, like, in, from the... Well, yeah, it, well, it's not, like, too, actually too far from the let me, bay. Let me look it up. Because, like, he goes... To I mean, yeah, that's pretty good, but I wonder what that... That was in 2000, you that said? That was in 2000. It's also, like, a very, like, agricultural this was community. huge. Modesto? Yeah. That is not how they described it in the documentary. In the documentary, they're like... Uh, it, no, it is pretty... It's probably, actually, if you look, like, here's Nevada... Oh. It's probably right in the middle. Oh, okay. So, like, um, they kind of describe it as, like, you would think you're in a farming town in, like, Kansas or Nebraska. And I'm like, you have never been to a farming town yeah, in Kansas yeah, yeah, or Nebraska. Because yeah, yeah. if you have... It's not like it's that. Not, it's just a drive through It's not yeah. even, like, a... Maybe you get a Sonic if you're lucky. You know they got rid of the Sonic in Minnesota? There's one? Well, there was one where I, like, grew up. 
and they did like the whole you know like on skates and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yeah and they closed they were open for through most of my high school but they closed after and i remember being like oh why'd they close my dad's like who wants to skate in negative 15 degree weather that's like true. <laughs> that's true in minnesota like you don't put a sonic in minnesota no. yeah that doesn't <clears throat> so lacy takes a part-time job as a substitute scott got a job at trade corp usa which was a subsidiary of like this European fertilizer company. Basically, he was making a salary of five thousand a month before taxes okay. in two thousand. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, he was like part of the cigar club, wine club, country club. Like he, they were doing, they were okay. Right, like they were doing well. So, um, all her friends and like family say she was like working at being the perfect housewife. She loved cooking and entertaining. She like decorated their house. Like she was all for it right um and in 2002 they found out she was pregnant and they were like ecstatic right so his family said that he was so excited to have this kid blah 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 he built the nursery um but then Lacey's mom said that like one time she was sitting with Lacey, and the baby started kicking and she was like touching the stomach and she was so excited about it and Lacey goes oh scott never wants to do this and her mom was like what and she's like he never wants to feel the baby kick. He, like, could not be less interested. And her mom thought that was weird. And that's also the last time Lacey's mom saw her. Also, maybe it's just me, because I obviously don't have friends who are pregnant, but, like, I can't imagine. Like, because it just feels so alien. Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. When my friends are pregnant, I'm like, I don't necessarily want to feel your baby kick. When I feel like it's your love, it's your baby. Yeah. That's different. Yeah, true. So, um, fast forward again, she's missing. Mm-hmm. So police start investigating immediately, not even waiting like the typical time frame because she's pregnant. So this is like a high risk missing persons case. Um, Scott tells police he first drove to his, he has like this warehouse where he's right. storing his boat. Um, and he like goes there, sends emails, gets his boat, brings it to the Berkeley Marina which, like, the evidence, like, time-stamped emails, receipts from the uh, marina, it all checks out. He did do this. Um, then about, like, he's about, like, maybe an hour and a half fishing and then heads back inland. He calls Lacey, leaves her a voicemail saying, like, hey, I'm not going to have time to pick up. He calls, like, Papa. I think it's her stepdad. His present, um can you run and get it and I'll be home soon or something like that. Oh, I would have been so pissed. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, you had, you could go fishing, you but you could couldn't pick it, up my yeah. stepfather's present. Like, yeah. So, um, who fishes on Christmas? It's stupid. Christmas Eve. It doesn't make any sense. No sense. So, and then they know they have dinner. Like they're celebrating with her family tonight. He knows he has things to do tonight. Wait, so to I want to know where Berkeley Marina is. I looked it up from like their house in, like, the park is called, I think it's, like, La Loma or something. Berkeley Marina. It says it's in Berkeley, California. Hold on. I can tell you the name of, like, their neighborhood. La Loma Park. To Berkeley Marina is, like, 15 minutes. Google it on directions. Because I was, like, because I was thinking, how far did he go to go fishing? Because he also said. Okay, they did not live in Modesto. I guess I didn't think of that. Yeah. Maybe they lived outside Modesto? 
Well, in that case, yeah, because, like, look. Unless there's two La Loma parks. Here's La Loma. Here's Berkeley Park. Here's Modesto. Sorry. Well, we won't cut this, but maybe take a look because we're a little confused. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. It's 15 minutes, but. It's not near Modesto. Yeah, maybe they were La Loma and Modesto. I'll look it up. Either oh, wait. Way. East La Loma Park, Modesto, California. Oh, how far is that? Hour and 46. He drove an hour and 46 minutes to go fishing? He drove, yeah, one way. And then he only spent 90 minutes on the... And then and then he didn't pick up the present. He There is no way there weren't seven Walmarts on the way back. <laughs> like, you could have picked up there, something. There are Walmarts in California? Yeah. Yeah, they don't everywhere. They don't in New York. Uh, not in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he does that. I can't believe he spent more time driving to and from. If that's the correct Berkeley Marina, but, like, what I'm looking, I'm looking at Modesto right now, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of water in between that there would be, sh- like, uh, No, because they at. definitely said, like, they kept talking about the bay, the bay, the bay. Oh, yeah, okay, then he's definitely driving an hour and a half. That's ridiculous. And that's not including you have to consider California traffic. Yeah. Granted, it is Christmas Eve. <laughs> Last minute shopping. Yeah. Where's... Okay, so he does that. He um, tells her to pick up a Christmas present, whatever. Then he goes home. No fish. Did not bring any fish with him. So did he go fishing? I don't know. Well, he he was at the Berkeley Riverfront, though. No, Riverfront is Kansas City Marina. Oh, sorry. (laughs) What if he came all the way here? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so he was there, but he was time-stamped going there. Yes. But he didn't have any fish. And he definitely sent emails from his warehouse. Um, so then he apparently calls her three times on his way home, her cell phone, the house phone, no answer. So he gets home, um, her car's there and the back door's unlocked and then he calls out for her. She doesn't answer. So he takes his clothes off, puts them in the washer, washes them immediately. That's weird. Very weird. And he's like, well, I just went fishing. But you didn't catch anything, so is there chum yeah, on them or something? Yeah, you're just, like, by the ocean. Yeah. People don't come home and be like, oh, I smell like ocean. No. So, he puts his clothes in the washer. Oh, I smell like ocean. <laughs> he eats some food, takes a shower, and then calls her mom and says, hey, is Lacey there? And her mom's like, no. And so Scott immediately says, she's missing. And her mom's like, what do you mean she's missing? Like, Well, isn't the she- dog back at this point, too? I think the dog was, like, in the backyard, maybe. And maybe he didn't see it. But he's just kind of like, the she's missing. And the mom's like, you can't say she's missing just because she's not at home. Yeah. She could be a million other places. Right. So her mom, the mom was immediately like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so she's like, call her friends. See if she's there. And he calls around. No one knows where she is. So everyone's, like, super emotional except for Scott. Um, they couldn't find her in the park or the neighborhood. There was no evidence of a struggle, assault, or burglary. So it was just kind of like she vanished. Um, there are no unknown fingerprints in the house and no ransom note. So literally nothing. Yeah. Um, police are thrown off by Scott's calm demeanor and start suspecting him because of lack of evidence, which was, it was like pointing away from an unknown assailant. Okay. Um, so... On Christmas Eve, Scott takes police to his warehouse to check out his boat. So I think it's just like one or two detectives. And he opens the door or whatever, and he says, I don't have any power. And the cops were like, oh, that's fine. Uh, Just open the door. We're going to shine our headlights in. I'm just going to take a few pictures. Yeah. And so they do that. 
and um, later when they go back to the station, the detective calls the power company and is like, hey, can you tell me when power is out in this area? And they're like, oh, power was never out in that area. Well, couldn't he just not pay for power in his in his Probably, thing? yeah, go out, but I feel like you'd be able to track that. Yeah. And be like, oh, this person hasn't paid their bill or whatever. Like, I guess it would never occur to me that... Like, it'd be weird for him not to have power. Like, I, yeah. as a, but, but that's because I'm not a detective. I don't mm-hmm. think I would ever been like, let me just check to see when let this was call- out. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, he really did his due diligence. So, obviously, he thought something was up. He called the power company? Yeah. Kind of weird. So, um, police say when they interviewed him, he didn't have a sense of urgency that you see, like, when you watch, like, actual husbands who are grieving for their wives and they're like, why are you interviewing me? You should be out there looking for her, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. They're like, you're wasting your time with me when you should be out there yeah. looking for whatever. He did ne- never did that. He was just answering their questions, whatever. And the detective even said, like, he's the only guy I've ever done, like, an initial interview with and brought him actually into the station instead of, and, like, recorded the interview instead of just doing an interview in the home. Yeah. So another thing is Lacey didn't know about the boat. And so Scott explained the boat by saying it was a surprise for her stepdad. And that it was, like, a big issue because they're like, why did you have a boat? You didn't tell any of us you had a boat. Wait, how did Lacey not know about the boat if he was going fishing? I guess she thought maybe he was, like, going to, like, a dock or something. Oh. I don't really know what she thought, but she didn't know about the boat. So when he went to go fish, she probably was like, wow, he goes for half a day. But really it's because he was driving two hours, basically, each way. Hour and a half. Um, so police give Scott opportunities to be forthcoming with information. It was implied, like, they're, like, trying to give him all these opportunities because they're trying to, like, let him prove his innocence. But he's just not, he's not doing it. So he failed most of these tests. For example, when interviewed by police on the first night Lacey was missing, he initially agreed to a polygraph. And this is, like, on tape. Okay. Then, so they're like, okay, we'll schedule it for the next morning. He calls on the next morning and is like, I'm not going to take it. Right. And then um, refused to take one going forward. So then in the following days, police said Scott didn't ever, like, ask him any questions. He seemed, like, unconcerned about the investigation's progress. Like, really weird and not how, like, a husband and father-to-be. Yeah. Because, like, it's not just his life. It's his baby. Yeah. Um, so they gave him another test the day after Christmas which was they showed up and they're like, hey, can you sign this consent form? We want to search your house. And he, like, read it over whatever, and he looks up to the detective and he goes, you don't expect me to sign this without a lawyer present, do you? And the detective goes, well, I didn't know what I was expecting you to do, so I went ahead and got a search warrant anyway. So, like, he was saying, do you consent to us to search your house? Scott said no, and he's like, too bad, I got a search warrant. Ooh. And Scott goes, where's the trust? And the detective's like, this guy's a dude. You killed your wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, during, like, the, this turns into, like, a media circus. He's always in the background, and he's, like, giving the excuse that he didn't want the media to be focused on him when they should be focused on Lacey. Okay. And later, when people started turning against him, he says that this was, like, a tactic to keep the media involved because he was, like, being mysterious so they wouldn't, like, lose interest in Lacey. Okay. And I don't really believe this, but whatever. Yeah. He wouldn't allow his face to be anywhere on the missing posters or, like, in any, like, information about Lacey. Because he was cheating. Yes. (laughs) 
So, so he didn't want the, his other his girl mistress, to find out. Yeah. Obviously, this is like the biggest story on every station. I remember this from like when I was a kid because my mom would be like watching world news or whatever. Yeah. Um, Modesto police and firefighters carry out like massive searches for her. They like helicopters with searchlights, police mounted on horseback, bicycles, canine units, water rescue units. Like they really like hardcore. Yeah. They had 30 officers who were like on this case. Was she like pretty and white? Yeah. 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 So then they had like all these volunteers. They were like raising money for her, whatever. At a press conference, the detective, Al Frochini, says that police did not believe Lacey decided to leave without like contact. Like she yeah. didn't run away. She wasn't like no. You know, it was not- well. Also, it would he kind of screwed himself because if she was planning on running away, she wouldn't have had him. She wouldn't be like, hey babe, can you stop and get this present? For my stepdad, like on the way back, like we have to go mm-hmm. to dinner, like blah blah She's blah. Making plans. Yeah, 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 yeah. She wouldn't. She wouldn't have gone to the extensions of, of you know, tying loose ends for Christmas Planning if she future, was going to leave anyway. If she yeah, going to be a part of it. Yes. And I have a feeling she would take the dog with her. I would have taken the dog. One hundred percent. Yeah. And like not her car, not her things. Like yeah, no. No. So um, they had this like um, vigil for her which was organized by her friends and family. In the first two days, 900 people are looking for her, like volunteers. And then um, there was like a $25,000 reward was offered. It was then increased to a quarter of a million and then half a million for any information that would like lead to her safe return. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was posters, ribbons, flyers, like websites, everything. Like people set up a headquarters like you see in Mindhunter, like when they had the, right. the hotel. It was like at a hotel. They had like all these volunteers, whatever. Police start searching the bay and because they knew Scott was she up knew there. classes. I did. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. They were $6 on the Chinese website. I really like them. They're really cute. Um, but I was like looking at me, I was like, something's different. It's my glasses. <laughs> <clears throat> so... They're searching the bay because they know that's where Scott is. Scott, I think his car was maybe in evidence or something. Okay. And so he's renting a car. He drives his rented car up to the bay and is watching police search, like, where they're searching. And they're, he's not talking to them. He's not saying, like, how's it going? Did you find anything? Blah, blah, blah. He's just, like, watching them. And then mm-hmm. they drive off. Okay. Um, then there's, like, Wait, other... people who have their cars in evidence and are, like, suspects in murder investigations are allowed to rent a car, but, like, 22-year-olds aren't? I guess so. That's weird. I feel like he might be more of a risk than a 22-year-old. <laughs> what if this? I don't know. You never know. We could ask my Lars, and I would say <laughs> it's 50-50. <laughs> um, so then there's, like, all these other theories. <clears throat> One was that she was kidnapped by a satanic cult. There was the most, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Believable one. Yeah other than he killed her, right? is that there was a burglary across the street, I think the day she went missing. Okay. And, um... They were in, like, a quiet neighborhood, weren't they? Pretty upscale neighborhood, too. Okay. So someone burglarized her, like, across the street neighbor, and some people said, like, oh, I saw her walking the dog after Scott had already left, so it's not possible that he took her or whatever. But then, like, police were like, we have to stomp out these theories now. Otherwise, our case against him is not going to be as solid. And so they found, like, there was another pregnant woman in the neighborhood with a golden retriever with brown hair, whatever. So, like, they were able to, like, be like, you didn't see Lacey, you saw her. Yeah. So there's, like, reasonable doubt, whatever. 
So then on December 31st, New Year's Eve, there's a vigil for Lacey. Her friends and family are all up on the stage talking about her, thanking everyone, doing like a vigil thing. And Scott doesn't say anything. Sorella just hit the glass. I know. I was we just got really scared. We all just got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so Scott doesn't go up to, on stage, doesn't say anything. This, this is, is like Gone Girl. This is his wife. Yeah. And his his pregnant wife. Yeah. You know? So he, Lacey's mom says, I didn't even know he was there right. until I saw pictures of him there. Like that's how in the background he was. Oh, that's weird. Very weird. And no one knew it was him, right? Because he didn't put any of the stuff on. No, he. They. I think they knew. Like he was talking to some people, and they knew who he was. Oh, okay. But he was not like up in front of everybody. Yeah. So, um, photographers captured him in two damning photographs that like haunted him throughout his tri- eventual trial. Spoiler alert. So, in one picture, he's bending down alongside his niece to set down a candle. He's smiling, big smile across his face. And the second picture. How old is his niece? Like a kid. See, I know you that want, picture's iffy because it's like you, you want to like yeah. If your niece is six, so you're like, hey, hey honey, how are yeah, you? Yeah, like, yeah. that's true. Yeah, but you got Nan. This is like one of the first stories Nancy Grace jumped on. Yeah, do you know her ex husband was murdered, and that's why she's like so aggressive. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. that or no, was, not her ex. I guess it was her late her husband. husband. So you just wait yeah, up. that puts her in a new light. I know. You take her a little bit more seriously. Once... Yeah, it's kind of like John Walsh and like Adam Walsh. Like, Yeah, let me look it up again. What if you just lied to me and she's just literally like... A, a bad person. Yeah. That only cares about like people of color. Or people white that people. are white. Yeah, pretty. Rich. Yeah. she. This was like one of her first stories that she jumped on. And was like... Um, but you just know, like, when she was, like, doing Casey Anthony, she would be like, now look at Casey Anthony walking across the courtroom. Why is she smiling? Why is she looking at her lawyer like that? Why is she, like, she put all these, like, doubts in your head about Casey Anthony, which obviously Casey Anthony did it, but she was doing the same thing to Scott, so right. she was probably being like, why is he smiling? Why is he da 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 Like, I could see her 100% doing that. Um, okay, so basically, now I'm going to do a whole 360 on you for here, or a whole 180. Um her fiance mm. was murdered but nancy grace said it was like a lot more aggressive than it was and really she played it up she played it up she mm-hmm. said he was shot by a stranger really he was shot by a former co-worker um his former co-worker did not have a prior criminal record like rather than denying the crime mccoy confessed that was the killer um like Basically, is she okay? She fluffed so this, it up yeah. for, for credibility. Oh, hey, his murderer was received ten years for aggravated assault and life imprisonment for murder, but was released on parole on December fifth, oh six. Dang. But regardless, Nancy Grace is a character. She's a character, but I, I thought it was a little bit more of a an aggressive murder. Mm. Yeah, that's on, that's on me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> He was still murdered. It was still he was still murdered. It just wasn't as um, dramatic as she led to be, which I should have always thought that. Oh, yeah, hey, she was a little dramatic. Um, so then the second picture is him just like standing in a group of people, and he's like laughing and smiling. Okay, that one's weird. These are not kids. These are yeah, that one's weird. Oops. So by any measure, weird behavior out of the yeah, agree. For, you know. So then he's at the vigil. He takes a phone call from this woman named Amber Fry. 
this is his mistress. Um, now it's like gonna get messy. She calls. She okay. So she calls him, uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, babe, I'm in Paris celebrating New Year's. We're having so much fun. I'm at the Eiffel Tower. There's like fireworks. Blah blah blah. That's a lie." Because I've been to Paris on New Year's, no fireworks at the Eiffel Tower. They're at the Arc de Triomphe. Yes. Yep. I went to Soccer Court and I was like, "Wait, oh. that's tight. Were they cool to watch?" Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad I went to Soccer Court, but I didn't. Was it know. creepy though at night? Because there's like a lot of no. There's a ton of people there. Oh, about to say it was a like lot a party. Of there. Someone yeah. got engaged in front of me. Oh, oh, I want to go back to Paris. <laughs> so anyway, he's like, "I'm at the Eiffel Tower." Blah blah blah. blah. Anyway, so then. <laughs> the on... <laughs> only thing he knows about Paris. Eiffel <laughs> Tower. Another he's thing making he... up all kinds of shit. Because she's a single mom. Well, it would have been cool that if she was, he was like on the TV and she was watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, on January 24th, 2003, Amber Fry joins police at a press conference and tells the media that, like, I met Scott November 20th. Felicia goes missing December 24th. So, like, a month earlier. Okay. Um, and she's like, he told me he wasn't married. I... Wait, so she knew his real name? Yeah. So when did it come, like, why did she just come out on well, that? Well, you'll end? see. Okay. So, rewind. December, <coughs> December. Sorry, guys, I'm a little sick. <laughs> December 30th, the day before the vigil. Okay. She contacts Modesto police. Okay. And says, I was in a relationship with Scott and has the proof to pass. And so, like, the detective who's in this documentary is saying, I was, there's two people manning the tip line. I was standing over one of them, and they were typing it down, and I was reading over their shoulder. It's like literally a movie scene. And he's like, is that person on the line? And the tip person's like, yeah. And he answers it. He's like, I'm going to come see you right now. My name's Detective blah, 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 blah. Where are you? Whatever. He goes to see her. She tells him everything. She has, like, pictures of them. Right. And, like, you know, Which is impressive because, number one, it's 2002. Yeah. And number two... It's only been a month. Yeah. No. But I they, guess mine and Al, me and Al had a lot of pictures from the first month we met. But they, like, he went to her her work Christmas party. Oh, like, that's weird. Yeah. They were like, it was a whirlwind relationship. And she knew he was cheating. No. Or she knew he was married? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. He told her she he was not married, whatever. And so on December 30th, she tells them, like, whatever. He goes up there. And, um... He, the detective's like, can I tap your phone? And she's like, whatever I can do to help. Like, right. she's not fucking around with Scott. Like, right. She's like, I want to find Lacey. Mm-hmm. And so when he, when she calls him on New Year's Eve and they have that phone call, it's taped. So you can hear him being a douche. Right. <laughs> and the police are listening to that phone call. And so they have police listening to the phone call and the police at the vigil being like, fuck. Oh, because he's standing at the vigil At the vigil calling. being like, I'm in Paris. <laughs> The yeah. fuck? Yeah. So she hires Gloria Aldred as her lawyer, of nice. course. That was and a good one. That was, she had a lot of money. Well, I guess she probably wasn't it as was big back then. Gloria Aldred. Well, I think it was also maybe like a pro bono thing because this was such a big Wait, thing. she hired? Amber Fry. Why? Because people were being like, that's the mistress. Da, 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 da. People were like up in arms about this. Gotcha. Okay. And... um. She gets eliminated as a suspect. Almost pretty, immediately. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, also she has glory all around. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Amber asks Scott if he's ever been married before this had happened. Uh-huh. Because a friend found out that he had been. Like, uh-huh. a friend, her, one of her friends who maybe introduced them or something, I don't know how they knew each other, was like, found out that he had been married. 
but I didn't know, I don't think they knew that he was still married, mm-hmm. and Amber was like, you lied to me, why didn't you tell me you were married, blah, 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 and he was like, I'm not married anymore, I lost my wife. Oh, shit. Blah, 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 and Amber was just kind of like, I didn't want to um, yeah. push him, right. he was emotional about it, he said this was going to be the first Christmas since losing his wife, like, so she was just kind of like. So he went to Paris? He went to Paris, yeah. Um, so she said she didn't know about the Lacey Peer- Peterson disappearance until one of her friends called and said, hey, that guy you brought to the Christmas party is on TV because his wife is missing. And she was like, what the fuck? Turned on the TV and immediately called the police. Oh, so technically it kind of was. This is very Gone Girl-esque. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe it was inspired by it. Yeah. So they tap her phone with consent, blah, 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 blah. Amber Fry is, like, the most crucial piece to the prosecutor's case, obviously. Because she provides a motive, and also she's sympathetic and credible. So a lot of the times where it's, like, the mistress, they're like, oh, fuck her, she does, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she, like, she didn't know. She was a single mom. She had, like, a two-year-old daughter. Like, people really, like, kind of empathize with her. Um... So Lacey's friends then go on and they're like, well, the reason he didn't want to be in any of the missing posters and be on TV is because he didn't want her to find out, obviously. And he cared more about her than he cared about Lacey. Right. So then um, as soon as the news and, like, the media find out about his affair, it's just like he's guilty. No one on the planet thinks he's innocent. And this is, like, a major problem for the defense. And the only reason it got out that he um, was in an affair is because the National Enquirer Find out, found out, they published like a million stories, like headline stories about Lacey Peterson's disappearance. And they found out and they called the police and was like, hey, tomorrow we're publishing this story. So like whatever you need to do to like right. save your case, do it now because I'm about to publish this story. And so the police literally just called Lacey's family and was like, hey, I have to tell you something. And right. told her family Scott was having an affair. Told Scott's family Scott was having an affair. Told Scott we knew you were having an affair. And then even Lacey's family who had <coughs> sorry. Lacey's family who had like been on his side this entire time. Switched. Hated him. Right. And even his his parents were like kind of defending him. They were like, you know, men have affairs. It's a natural thing. Fuck and that. I'm like, what are you? Even if talking even if you do about? believe that. Even if you do believe that. The fact of the matter is it's not that like you're talking about their divorce trial. Like yeah. It's not like this you're sitting there like, trial. yeah, she's dead, and so is your grandchild. Yeah. Like, think about that, and, and then be like, yeah, maybe my son's a piece of shit. Yeah, your grandchild had a name. Like, they right. were going to name him Connor. Like, it was going to be this whole thing. Like, don't sit there and be like, it's a normal thing for men to have affairs. They're like, did you know your son was having an affair? Right. No. Did you think he'd ever have an affair? No. Like, they're just like, I mean, what are you going to do as your kid? That's what, that's why I, 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 it's easier to stand right now where I yeah. have no children, and if my kid ever turns out to do something this horrific, mm-hmm. will I have their It's back? easy now to be like, no. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. you're not going to have... But, but I have to tell you, like, if I assume having a child is a partial of what having, like, a younger sibling is, and I would, like, go to the ends of the earth with a younger sibling. Yeah. So, like, like I could, I could say now that if one of my siblings messed up, I'd be like... No, 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 he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Yeah, you'd be, like, and trying like, to protect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what they were doing. But... Right, and I get that. I just, I don't understand the, 
the reasoning behind, oh, everyone, every uh, man, men, men cheat, yeah. you know. They're like, this isn't a means for murder. And a lot of times... It is a means for murder. That's literally how most murder, like, yeah. most, like, and what a do lot they call of times passion men, murders happen. Men cheat, and they don't murder their wives. They just cheat, but sometimes they cheat, and then they murder their wives. Yeah. So, national news, like, they're camping out on his street, yelling at him, calling him a murder. Like, it was, like, crazy. Right. Um, He's still living in the house that he lived in with Lacey? Yeah, so he would, like, leave his house. His neighbors were getting pissed off. There was, like, news vans out there. It was, like, a whole thing. Um, Dude, Gun Girl had to be based off of this. I mean, it definitely might have been. It's very similar. But then, like, police and, like, um, lawyers would start, like, uh, leaking information to the media because they wanted, like, their side heard first or whatever. It was, like, this... It was Oh, so it became kind of like a media circus yeah and it was like this her disappearance was a gold mine for like the 24-hour news cycle uh, because like cnn and all like they were covering this non-stop well and what else were they covering before that al-qaeda probably 2000 yeah probably people um, were kind of getting bored. yeah this is like national <coughs> jeez i was i haven't been coughing all day i swear it's just me um so they have like the local news covering it. Nancy Grace is like there for it. Um, Scott is like aloof this entire time. The public like catches on. So then, from the moment of her disappearance, Lacey's family, which is like her mom, her stepfather, and her brother, uh-huh. they're repeatedly talking to the media, crying like beg. Her dad goes on, and he was like. We just want her back. Please give her back to us. We want her back. And, like, sobbing on TV. And Scott's just, like, not there. Like, someone would ask him about something. He'd just, like, leave. Like, it was so strange. Um, so then he knows that things are going south for him. He uh-huh. goes on Good Morning America. And he tells Diane Sawyer all about, like, him and Lacey. He says Lacey knew about the affair and they had had a conversation about it. Okay, but just a little thing for our listeners. If you are ever a vi- um, accused of a crime, never go on Good Morning America. Those women are better at what they do than you are at lying. Mm-hmm. Every time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Yeah. And it did not go well for him. Yeah. Obviously. No. So he's like, well, Lacey knew about the affair. And she wasn't angry about it. She was disappointed. And then it pans to her friends, like, listening. And they're like, Lacey would have told one of us if he was having an affair. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and like, she was like, she would not have been okay with it at eight months pregnant. And no. All this stuff. So then. I'm it, surprised that she didn't kill him if she did know. I, you know? Pregnant wife? Yeah. The hormones? Yeah. So then April 13th, <coughs> 2003, a couple's walking their dog. They find a decomposing but well-preserved body of a late-term male fetus in like this marshy area of San Francisco Bay. Wait, just the fetus? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is like north of Berkeley. Its umbilical cord was still attached, appearing to have been torn, not cut or clamped, as like normal umbilical cords are after birth. So, um, although a judge sealed the autopsy reports, mm-hmm. an anonymous Associate Press source revealed that one, uh, one and a half loops of nylon tape were found around the fetus's neck, and a significant cut was on the fetus's body. One day later, 
passerby found the body of a pregnant woman wearing beige pants and a maternity bra washed up on the eastern rocky shoreline of the bay one mile away from where the baby was found so like the next day they found Lacey. how did they okay are you gonna explain how they got separated no because they don't say so i don't know they said like there was nylon around the baby's neck so but i don't think he did anything to the baby i think he killed Lacey. so maybe it was just like plastic in the ocean what Expl- explain that to me i can't no just from your like explain how that would happen because here's the nylon thing. number one is like pantyhose it's yes. not it's and it's it is made no because plastic is fishing equipment so the only thing is when a person dies they obviously evacuate their bowels yeah there's no way that they go into birth pre post-mortem but she was um eight months yeah but she was worse no, like she was more decomposed than the baby was. The baby was better well preserved than Lacey was. So potentially the baby I came think, out during decomposition. Yes. Okay. Or also like there's animals like something. There's not that. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if. They really don't give you a lot of information about it because the. What's, I forgot her name. Lacey, Lacey Peterson. I was going to say Lacey, Lacey with an I. Yeah. Um. So, Lacey's body was decomposed to the point of being almost unrecognizable. So, that's why I think maybe the baby was in her body for I don't know how long. Okay. And then somehow the baby got exposed from her body. And the, her, her stomach was acting as like a preserver for the baby. Okay. Um, the woman had been decapitated. Her limbs were missing, including most of her legs. Then on April 18th, so... What was that four days later? The DNA tests verified that it was the body of Lacey and that the fetus, the fetus's DNA matched Scott and Lacey. Okay. So the, these are the victims. Um, the autopsies on both the bodies were performed by a forensic pathologist named Brian Peterson, which is no relation to them. And then, according to the autopsy, Connor's skin was not decomposed at all, though the right side of his body was mutilated. And the placenta and umbilical cord were not found with the body. Lacey's cervix was intact, so the and the exact date and cause of Lacey's death were never determined. So the baby had to have come out dirty. Yeah. Or he took it out. Well, because what did you say the? No, I think he, I think the baby was because this is four months after she disappeared. So okay. I think the baby had to be in her stomach for a long time, and then she's decomposing so badly that the baby floats out of the stomach. They don't give a lot of information. No, that doesn't seem any right. <laughs> um, she did have two Is, cracked Wait, ribs. did you say he, she was decapitated? Yes. Okay, that's but sad. I don't know if that was him or other circumstances. Okay. You are giving way too much credit to sharks here. <laughs> I don't think I am. Yeah, you are. Because there's no way. This is just like that one, that one time we talked about that guy who said, <laughs> and Boys on the Track, oh. that said... <laughs> That oh. a dog ate the, the person's <laughs> yeah, yeah. head. You that would that guy wouldn't or the, the guy that guy the shark the mm-hmm. the shark would not go for the neck. a head. Yeah, That's you would a hundred percent go for the torso. Yeah, yeah, or a leg. Yeah. It's like a chicken wing. The sharks, I assume. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll get a shark on the podcast. <laughs> Let me call my resident shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe he did decompose her. So there was like. 
man-made anchors in his warehouse, like 40-pound anchors, and they were saying like he, he tried to tie down the body. I'm not entirely sure. And he obviously is maintaining his innocence this entire time, so like they, they can't tell us what happened because he's not confessing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just kind of a, let's guess what happened. But she had two cracked ribs. Um, and he, the, the coroner, I guess, couldn't determine if this had occurred before or after death. Her upper torso had been emptied of internal organs except for the uterus, which had been protecting the fetus, explaining the lower level decomposition which it experienced. Then the doctor determined that the fetus had been expelled from Lacey's body, decaying body. Wow, if I had just read one paragraph down. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> I, I wrote this like two weeks ago. Um, yeah, so it had been expelled from Lacey's decaying body. Yeah. Okay, so wait, what did it say about decapitation though? Uh, nothing. It just said her. There's uh, no way. I'm sorry. There's no way a shark took it. Maybe it was like a boat motor. Oh, that's oh, terrible. Awful. Um, the doctor testified he could not determine whether the fetus had been born alive or dead. Obviously dead. Obviously dead. Come on. I don't need a medical degree to tell you that. Yeah. And there was no food in the baby's stomach, which would have indicated a life birth. Blah, 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 blah. Oh. Yeah. So police believe. Yeah, but her cervix was. Intact. Intact. So yeah. she, it couldn't have come out that way. So she would have I had think, to be. I, well, it's not all her organs were like gone. So I think literally. I think she decayed to the point where he came yes. out. But that, but it doesn't make sense that even if he. Of course he had no food in his belly because yeah. he was about to be. But they couldn't tell how he came out. They didn't know if maybe she gave birth to him. <coughs> how though? Is her, her cervix. Yeah, but maybe like she wasn't in the water for the whole four months. Maybe. A burglar had her in the warehouse locked up and she gave birth to the baby and they didn't know what to do so they threw her in the water Wait, and had the baby. okay hold on a baby cannot have you can't have a baby without disturbing the cervix that's what i'm saying so i'm saying that so if a burglar did have him he performed a c-section maybe <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it does, obviously, Scott killed her. Yeah, obviously. No but, but it does, there's no holes. It's just blatantly he dumped <laughs> her in the water. Yeah, the decomposing body, the baby just floated out. Yeah. Um, so police believe Scott weighed down the body with those homemade anchors I was talking about, which had come loose because the night before the baby was found. So Lacey was found... I think Monday, the baby was found Tuesday. Or okay. it was like Sunday, Monday. It was next yeah. day. And there was a storm the day before the baby was found. Like a big thunderstorm. And they're thinking the thunderstorm knocked loose the anchors. And that's how they came about the bodies. Oh, okay. So, that's um, when the bodies are discovered, Scott's in San Diego visiting his parents. Police have a tracker on Wait, his they, car. Wait, they about to say they let him leave the... I guess he didn't leave the state. He's in the state, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's saying he's with his parents because the media won't leave him alone. Right. Blah, 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 whatever. So they have a tracker on his car. They're they're getting concerned about him crossing the border right. at this point. And so they have a helicopter tracing him, like above him or whatever, driving. Which I think he would notice that. He did notice it because yeah. he was driving erratically. He would be like making U turns, going into parking lots, going out of parking lots, parking garage. Like he well, was, you can't get away from a. He lost the helicopter once. What? That's how erratically he was driving. Yeah. I mean, they definitely found him. He has a tracker on his car. Right. So right, they right, definitely right. found him again. 
So it was during this drive that they arrested him at this golf course. Uh-huh. And this was on April 18th, Good Friday. And he was carrying $15,000 in cash, camping gear, his brother's ID, and four cell phones. He was obviously heading towards the border. Yeah. Um, he should have just checked under his car. Yeah. Yeah, that's, or like, that's a rookie took mistake. Took his dad's car or something, like, you know. Right. So... Yeah, 100%. He should not have taken taken his his car. car. So stupid. And he just has all this, like, camping gear in the back. Right. If anything, just start hitchhiking. Mm -hmm. Take a bird. I guess the scooters didn't exist then. Um, He had also dyed his hair blonde. Nice. Bad blonde. Oh, sure. Yeah. Definitely got a box blonde. It was orange. Yep. And he had grown a beard. (coughs) So when police arrest him, he says... Please don't tell me it was Lacey and Connor. Because he knew that the bodies had been discovered, but they hadn't identified the bodies yet. Okay. They were being tested, whatever. But then on the drive from San Diego to Modesto, police get a phone call confirming that the bodies are Lacey. Like, as he's in the car, they're able to confirm the bodies are Lacey and Connor. And when they tell Scott this, he just, like, they said he sniffled a little bit, and that was it. He was like... And then they were like... He had no other emotions okay. to hearing that his wife and unborn son were found. I mean, but he knew that. Yeah. So then police are, like, stopped in an In-N-Out to get food, and they were like, do you want anything? And he was like, um, I'll have a da-da-da-da and a small milk. Like, he orders burgers and fries and a milkshake. And the police were kind of like, the fuck is wrong with you? you if you are innocent, you just found out that your wife and son were decomposing in the ocean. Right. And you can eat right now. Well, I don't think that's fair. I think that if I ever had a traumatic experience, traumatic experience I would immediately go to a burger place. I don't. I think I would. I would go to the liquor store and then a burger place. Like it wouldn't be like a. It wouldn't be as cut and dry as no. Like I. I want to be that person that's like, oh, I lost sixty pounds because you know blah blah grief, blah died. Yeah. yeah, and grief and. I want to be that person, but I know I'm going to be the person that's Emotional like 600 either. pound weight, like <laughs> life, and they yeah. have to pick me up with a forklift. <laughs> well, the cop was like, <clears throat> the cop was like, he he even said like Scott Carp Carp. I'm not going to say this right. Carpmentalized. Carpmentalized. Compartmentalized. Carp- Compartmentalized. Compartmentalized. I think I even spelled it wrong. Like he carp met. Compartmentalized. Compartmentalized so well and like the most of any suspect he's ever met, whatever. So, um, by the time they arrive in Modesto, hundreds of people are outside the courthouse screaming at him because they knew he was headed up. And um, he's arraigned on the 21st of April, charged with two counts of murder because Connor, since he was still, like, he was alive in Lacey's stomach. Right. He's considered, like, a victim because California had this fetal homicide law that protects any fetus eight weeks old. Eight, eight weeks. weeks? Yeah. So if you're nine weeks pregnant and you get murdered, you get two counts of murder. Oh. But, like, abortion. I don't know, because it's a homicide. Yeah, you're right. Um, so... That same month, President Bush signed the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, also known as Lacey and Connor's Law, which criminalized harming a fetus when assaulting a pregnant woman. But the, leg- the this legislation was viewed like as a right wing yeah. jab at like 
protecting a fetus. Right. Pretty much. Like it so, yeah, they, it gave them precedence. If they, it pro- if they protected the yeah. fetus in that situation, why wouldn't they protect it in abortion yes. situations? It established personhood to right. a fetus, pretty much. So it didn't pass? It did. Oh. Of course it did. People in California are so upset about this beautiful young woman. Yeah, but it's a completely blue state. It passed. Right. It was not just California. It was the country. No, I know. George Bush passed it. W. W. So, um, the per- preliminary hearing was televised, but the actual trial was not. I don't know why they did it that way. But there was, like, a public lottery at the courthouse to decide, like, who in the public gets seats. So, you know, you can, like, go to any um, trial you want. Well, I did not know that. So, um. Wait, hold on. What's that guy? Should we do that? I don't know. Maybe. What's the guy, the comedian with the red hair? Um, he has a talk show. Gonna need more. Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. <laughs> he went to John List's trial. Oh, that's tight. I yeah. didn't know that. I was listening. He did like a my. I mean, that's not tight because he did kill a lot of people. But... Um, he was like on a special episode of like My Favorite Murder or something. Okay. And because he started a podcast, so of course he's like promoting his podcast. And he was saying that he was like a writer for SNL or something when the trial was happening in New York. And that on his like off days, he would go to the trial of John List and like sit there and watch it. And I'm like, that is kind of cool. That is cool. So you can do that. So people wanted obviously to go to this one. And they had a literal lottery system where they were cranking a wheel and pulling out numbers and being like, if you're number 438, you get to go in today. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. So Scott hired one of Michael jo- Jackson's lawyers. Jordan. Jackson. Okay. Yeah. From, um, you know, the scandal, obviously the child sex scandal. Well, but the 3,000 scandals that Mike and Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it was the one where he was always wearing the patch on his arm. He, like, go to court and he had the blazer with the patch. I didn't see pictures. Yeah. Why, why would I? Okay. What? I only watched the first part of Finding Neverland because I could not finish awful. the second. Okay. It was aggressive. Very aggressive. Um, so the district attorney had to stress to jurors, like, so pretty much everyone thought Scott did it. Right. But there was an issue where Scott was so good looking and charming. No, nope, I just well, looked at a picture of him. He wasn't. For the time. Okay. Let me look at him. Look again. at him again. For the time, he was like relatively, he looked like anybody's, um, hedge fund manager dad or something Yeah, but like he wasn't that. that wealthy, was he? And he was pretty well off. So like. He, the prosecution was like, I know he doesn't. He doesn't look like a murderer. That's what it is. Like you look at um, uh, Ed Gein. He looks like a murderer. Hold on. He looks completely different in the pictures of his trial than he does. That's him. Yeah. Right. So he looks yeah. very attractive there. I'm talking about these pictures where he is a good 75 pounds heavier. He lost a lot of weight during the trial. I would assume. He kind of reminds... I don't know why the trial... When I was looking at I mean, videos, he's a cute. he's a cute guy, but he's... He's definitely he's, overweight because he's... That's Lacey. Yeah, I know that's Lacey, So he's yeah. married... He's, like, married and uh, letting it go. But then the trial, he, like, loses a lot of weight. Probably because his lawyers are, like... Oh, more, she's beautiful. I also don't think she's white. She... Her last name's Rocha, so I think there's probably... Yeah, she's definitely... I think, like, maybe part. She's, like, mixed something. But, Amber Frey is a... She's a looker, man. Yeah. Have you seen her? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And there's, like, pictures of them at the Christmas party, and they, like, look so happy. Like, Laura Allred looks amazing back in 2000. <laughs> yeah, so, like, 
I think they had a hard time trying to convince the jury that this guy who doesn't look like a murderer is actually a murderer. Right. So that was like their biggest obstacle. Well, also, did they pick the juror from outside of the state? No. Because they said there was literally nowhere they could move the trial. <coughs> Montana. No, no, it was that popular. Hmm. Like, on, you go to the grocery store, Lacey Peterson is on every magazine. Massive, massive news story. So, like, they're like, we can't take it anywhere else. Right. So we might as well just do it here. Right. So, during the trial, one of Lacey's neighbors comes up and she says that she saw Lacey on the lawn of the burglarized neighbor across the street. Right. She was like on the lawn and there was three guys in a van and she was talking to the three guys. And she says, the only reason I remember it is because they, as I drove by, they all turned and looked at me and I thought it was weird and I felt uncomfortable. But you can't rely on eyewitness testimony. So that was like, that was the main like burglar. But you also can't rely on polygraphs either. They're inadmissible in court. Yeah. So it was just kind of like a, the neighbor says she saw it, but did she? I don't know. That doesn't even seem legitimate because why would they have been talking? Like if if, if Lacey if, confronted them and was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, but but then again, they have someone driving by and they all she saw have them waved and been like, "Help!" Well, it's also like it's not that big of a neighborhood. Like if I'm standing out in my front lawn and someone drives by me, I can see that they see me. Yeah. So she would have been a target too if if she if Lacey was actually taken. Yeah, so what they're saying, a lot of, like, they have interviews. They just want to put reasonable doubt, right? Yes, 100%. They have interviews with the actual jurors in this documentary, and they say they started out the trial thinking he was 100% innocent. The jurors. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were saying, like, we didn't think he did it because you put that burglary into play, and that draws up a lot of questions. Right. And then they were saying the issue is that the defense didn't go in on that burglary the way they should have. So his lawyers fucked up. Right. So it wasn't like that he was completely, everyone knew he was guilty. Everyone had an opinion on it. Right. But it was just kind of, I don't know. No more. Uh, no, I'm good. So the defense, their, uh, the defense's defense is that he didn't do it, someone else did. So they're not saying it was self-defense. It was what it was. Someone else did it. Okay. Um, there was no physical evidence against Scott. There was no motive, or they had motive, means, opportunity, but no forensics. Okay. Essentially, um, when police initially did a sonar of Berkeley Marina, they didn't find any bodies. So they did the sonar. There was so it was far there. enough out then. I don't know. The reasonable doubt is that burglars had them, knew that they were searching Berkeley Marina, and they were like, if we dump them in Berkeley Marina, because everyone knew Scott had gone fishing. Right. If we dump them in Berkeley Marina, we'll pin it on Scott. That was the thinking. Okay. So, um, the Rocha family, so her family, sought the death penalty for Scott, and the district attorney concurred, so they went after the death penalty. So after months of like jury selection and then trial, he was convicted on November 12th, 20, I almost said 2004, <coughs> of first degree murder of Lacey Peterson and second degree murder of Connor Peterson. Then in August, so August before this, uh-huh. I should have put this before, that's when Amber Fry testified and uh-huh. that's when the jurors all changed their mind. So once she came into the courtroom and testified against him, right. it was without a doubt he did it. So she completely changed this case. 
And um, let's see. So then in December of 04, the jury recommended that Scott be sentenced to death. And then in March, the judge agreed. And he's, he maintains his innocence. He's in San Quentin. He filed two appeals, one in 2012 for the murder charge, and then one in 2015 alleging unlawful detention, both of which are still pending. He asked for a new trial because of like a mistrial. He wants a mistrial because of the media circus around it. But he is still currently sitting on death row. In California, though. In so California. He'll never. He'll never. He'll never. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's Lacey Peterson. What do you think? Did he do it? I mean, yeah. He did it. I just don't think that there was enough evidence. To get the death penalty? Yeah. Yeah, I think when you throw in that they did the sonar and they didn't find any bodies. Yeah. Yeah, they could have maybe, like, washed ashore. He could have gone further out. Like, right. there's a lot of, like, factors. But I think there is also enough reasonable doubt to... Also, how legitimate is sonar that it would show small enough, like, a baby? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, especially in the I early don't know 2000s. How deep Berkeley Marina is, how deep sonar goes. Like, I don't know any of that information. I'm pretty sure sonar... Well, actually, I don't know. Like, could they sonar the Titanic at the bottom? The yes, ocean? they can do that. I so, saw that. I saw that. They maybe should have seen something, but maybe... But actually, you know what? They sonared it from a submarine. Oh. And also, like, that could be anything down there. Right. And I don't... I think that sonar, yeah, it shows, it shows like, the makeup. Like, I know they use it for geological reasons and stuff like that. And it shows the makeup of the bottom of a body of water, but... It, it definitely wouldn't get a fetus. And if it did, you would think it's a... Fish. Yeah, or something like that. And I don't know. It's iffy because I, I, there definitely isn't enough evidence for him to get the death penalty. But I definitely think he did it. Yeah. I definitely think he did it. I think it is a little crazy that he... Because he did it for Amber. Or... Oh, you think? Yeah. Okay. Because I think he... But doesn't Amber have kids? She has a two-year-old. Okay. Or she had a two-year-old. I think he um, wanted out of the marriage, but could not get out of it because Lacey was pregnant. Because obviously he was having affairs. He was having affairs before. How did we find out about the first affair? So there, a, late, a girl came forward and said while they were in college together... Oh. She and she had the, it was the same fucking setup as Amber Fry. Right. Chocolate covered strawberries. He like the first night they went on a date, he was like, "Oh, I just got in from work." He was like playing the traveling businessman. He's like, "Come up to my hotel room. We're going to shower real quick. We'll go to dinner." He had like champagne and chocolate covered strawberries, like love whatever. The girl had the same fucking story and could prove it. Okay. And when they were in college. So when also when Lacey was in college. Yes. Okay. So, like, obviously, Amber Fry is not his first tryst into affairs. Yeah. And the only thing that changed is that Lacey is pregnant. So I don't know if he was going to, like, want to go live the happy life with Amber. I don't know how he thought he could get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. He should have, like, just divorced her. He probably didn't want to But couldn't he have left from the Berkeley... Marina Mm -hmm. and just gone like he probably wouldn't have dumped it within like I would have I wouldn't have confessed to going to the the well no because those timestamps would have given you an alibi that's true but I would not have dumped the body in the place no I would not I would not (laughs) I would not have I would not yeah 
I would not have dumped the body where my alibi was. No. <laughs> but, like, I'm just looking at, like, a map. Of the Berkeley Marina? So, like, this is probably where they did Sona, right? So, like, that whole little San Pablo Bay, like, the whole uh-huh. thing. All he would have had to do is go straight out and dump it, like, right there. Yeah. And he even was like, oh, I was fishing in this shallow spot, and I was fishing for this type of fish, and the police were like, those fish aren't in shallow spots, those are deep sea. Like, he was just, he never got his story straight, honestly. Well, also, he obviously didn't know how to fish. (laughs) He didn't bring home any fish. No. So that's the story. It's kind of a bummer. Like It is. I feel bad. Her mom is like, oh, her mom said something that's so heartbreaking. She was like, when we were first searching for Lacey, you know, when you're when you're lifting up dumpster lids looking for your daughter's body, like this is on the first night, she's like, that changes you as a person. You're never the same after that. Even if you find oh, your daughter God. alive, you were out there looking for your daughter's dead body in dumpsters. Like, right. And she was just, and it's just like so sad because the whole family really loved him. It wasn't one of those where, like, the whole family was like, there's something wrong with this guy. Like, he fooled everybody. Right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. That's Lacey Peterson. That's Lacey Peterson. We will be back next week. Um, Also, if you guys remember the Roanoke episode, my brother and his friend Will started a podcast. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah, they did. They really really liked recording it. So it's called Bungalow Bowling. Bungalow Bowling. Currently aw- available on Spotify. We got the alliterations going, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Currently available on Spotify. It should be available on Apple Music soon, so take a listen. If What are they talking about? I think they're just, like, hanging out, and then they <laughs> they had this funny idea where they thought that it would be, like, they call, like, an unsuspecting friend and be like, hey, explain to me the impeachment trial. And someone <laughs> who has no idea what he's doing explains the impeachment trial. You that's know, like, funny. that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Should we call um, Jeannie and ask her to explain the, <laughs> the impeachment, impeachment trial? trial? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.